You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network. Your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my good friend, Gil Martin. He's a writer for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV. And I'm your host, JJ Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Try to text at 231-714-4195. A couple things to get off the bat first. Uh, Gil, tell us about the Packers Post. Uh, Packers Post is a, a new website. Uh, it's going to contain a lot of uh, stuff that I've written about the Packers. And uh, we've been up for uh, almost a week now. And it, it, it's great. All the coverage that I've been doing for the Sports Daily will now be on the Packers Post. So I'm proud of the new site. Looking forward to it. Great to hear from fans. Please, you know, read, comment, get in touch with us. It's all great. Look, looking forward to it. Enjoying it very much. Yeah, that's thepackerspost.com. You can find them on uh, Twitter and Facebook at the Packers Post. Uh, if it hasn't been made clear already, um, Gil started this website. We're super excited about it and proud of him. And um, the other thing we got to talk about is uh, how off our score predictions were from <laughs> last week. Okay. Just in fairness, who in the world saw 45 to 30 coming? I mean, this the Bears Packers um, series has forever been like really low scoring. I mean, you get like a 30 to 21 and you're like, oh, that's a pretty good day for the Bears. (laughs) Um, I think uh, week one, 2019, if I remember correctly, the final score of that game was 10 to three. Yes, that was a defensive slug fest. I actually really enjoyed that game. I think non Bears and non Packers fans were bored, but I I, I enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, mea culpa for that. Uh, Gil takes the lead with our score prediction game. I was ahead by three points for like uh, three weeks. Now he's ahead by three points because, you know, neither of us was close to 45 to 30, but he was a little bit closer with 28 to 17. Hey, I want to do something fun this week. Uh, If you are a listener of this show, send in your score prediction for Packers Ravens and whoever sends in the most accurate score prediction, uh, we're going to read your name on the show and give you credit for being a genius. And you probably have good odds of getting closer than we do. (laughs) Um, If there is a tie for uh, first place, we'll we'll read off everybody who had that that score prediction. Send that to us, uh, Twitter at JJ Leahy at Gil Packers, either one of us. Uh, you can email it, asknohuddle at gmail.com, or you can just text it, 231 714 4195. Make sure you include uh, the name that you want us to read off on air, and uh, be fun to hear what city you're from as well. We're going to jump into this uh, Ravens coverage. It's going to be an interesting game to try and predict because with COVID sweeping through the league. We don't know who the heck is going to be able to play at game time. Uh, we don't even know if Lamar Jackson is going to be able to play or not. That is totally up in the air, whether we're going to be uh, Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley, the backup quarterback. And in addition to that, uh, 
Kenny Clark just got put on the COVID list for the Packers. We don't know if he's going to be available. It looks like probably not a really slim chance that he could be available by game time. It would have to be like a false positive. It would have to prove to be a false positive for him to be available. It had to be a false positive and he would have to be vaccinated. And we don't know his vaccination status. We can just guess at it. Right. That's where we're at. Uh, Kingsley Kiki, TJ Slayton going to have to step up next to Dean Lowry. I think this might be a TJ Slayton game. Like he's been, he's been coming along. He's been playing some decent football this year. He is one of the best graded special teams players that the Packers have. And we're, we have to talk about special teams at some point. I don't really don't want to, but (laughs) yeah, I don't think anybody does, but yeah. But Slayton, Slayton might uh, get some serious snaps uh, this week. So last week was Slayton's highest graded game of the year. Came in at an 81 overall. He was good in run defense tackling and pass rush. You'd love to see it. Uh, previously, he had uh, three other really good games in the year against Seattle. He had a 72 and his pass rush grade was an 88.8, almost a 90, which is crazy good. He was good in week three and in week one against the Niners and Saints. Outside of that, he's been, you know, fair to middling. But uh, I I could really see this being a game where they do give him some more significant snaps in Kenny Clark's absence because there's a lot of snaps to go around and not many uh, guys to take them. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. And I think the biggest thing you lose is the interior pass rush. And I think Kingsley Kiki is going to have to pick up the slack there. Well, you know, that's the nice thing is that Kiki has been one of our better pass rushers uh, this year. I think he even was last year as well. Uh, By the way, the game where Slayton had the most snaps, because a lot of the games, including recent weeks, he's had single digit snaps. But against the Chiefs, he had 45 And he graded out uh, slightly above average. So that's good news that he's not one of those who is good in a small dose. But when you give him a full workload, he stinks. Uh, That doesn't seem to be the case. So uh, that is nice to see. Yeah, and uh, definitely a test. Look, when you get this late in the season, you got to figure that rookies can start to contribute a little bit more. And this will be a big test uh, for him. No question about that. Now, uh, you got to understand the opponent we're going up against. And look, the Ravens are not a uh, familiar opponent. We don't play them very often. So uh, I'll just tell you that unless you happen to tune into a lot of Ravens games, your recollection of who the Ravens are is probably flawed at this point because their identity has changed a lot over the last two years and especially the past year, they're a very different team than what um, they have been. And a big part of the issue that the Ravens are facing this year is that Lamar Jackson really has not been playing very well this year. He's had a few really good games and a bunch of really bad games. Uh, If you look overall, so from weeks nine through 13, he was just about the very worst. Actually, I think he was the the number 33 best quarterback in football. Just really horrific. 
Um, in week 13 against Pittsburgh, he did have a really good rushing grade, obviously. But even that is not something that he's been consistently good at all year. And his passing grade has been really bad for most of the year. He had a three game stretch from week three to week five where it was very good. And he looked like, uh, what was it, 2019 when he won MVP? It looked like 2019 Lamar Jackson all over again. The rest of the year, very bad passer. Um, it's reason to be concerned if you are a Ravens fan. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, his inconsistency is a, a big problem for this team right now. And they, they are, you know, you very few teams, I think they run the ball more than any other team in the league. And if they can't run the ball, it's a challenge for this team to try to beat you just by throwing the football. They really have trouble in that area. And that's, to me, one of the reasons the loss of Kenny Clark is so key for this game. Yeah, this is very much a run first team. And for that reason, combined with the fact that Lamar Jackson has not been a great passer, I'm not entirely sure how much the Ravens offense is going to change if Lamar can't play due to his ankle sprain. If we're seeing Tyler Huntley out there instead, I'm not trying to insult Lamar, but he has not been playing up to the standard that he has set for himself. And with the fact that they are such a run first team, Tyler Huntley might be able to do just enough to get the same offensive performance you've been seeing. He played uh, a full game in week 11 and he has come in in relief in six, seven and 14. I'm going to be honest with you. He's grading out very similar to Lamar Jackson and Lamar in the last four games he's played. He has three touchdowns. Uh, He in that same time span has six interceptions. It's it's not it's not clicking for him right now. He needs to be better if the Ravens want to turn things around. You know, they started the year off. What was it? Five and one. And since then, uh, they've only managed to win. Is it four more games? I just accidentally closed my tab. <laughs> uh, they, Ravens. They, they are eight and five, right? Yeah. Okay. So three. They, so they've gone three and four in the last seven games. That's. They're very lucky that they are in the AFC North this year. Yeah, eight and five is where they're sitting at. Now this game, so the the Ravens are five and one at home. They are three and four on the road. They're on a two game losing streak. Do you think that there is any uh, concern here for the fact that this is a road game for the Packers and the Ravens uh, home home record has been a lot better this year? Yeah, I I, I mean, it is a concern. But uh, look, at the end of the day, there are a lot of areas of concern that Baltimore has, too. This matchup is an interesting matchup. I think Baltimore... The way they run their offense, the way they run their team, it's different than facing any other team in the league right now. So the coaching staff and the players here for the Packers will face a lot of unique challenges this Sunday in Baltimore. Yeah, looking over IR for the Ravens, it's an issue uh, when you look at the, the quality of players that they have on IR. Obviously, one of the really big ones is that Marlon Humphrey, who, although he was having a bad year, by his own standards, uh, has historically been one of the best corners in the league. 
He recently went on IR. This is one of the most banged up teams in football. They're missing Marcus Peters. Look, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, either one of them, when, when you're looking at the level that they have played at this year, not who they have been for the course of their career, but for this year, you'd say, well, you lose one of them. It's maybe not the end of the world because they have not been having good years. You lose both of them. You are really subjecting yourself to an aerial assault. And Aaron Rodgers is coming to town. It's a big deal. Ronnie Stanley there. I believe he's their right tackle, correct? Yeah. Uh, he's on IR as well. You're missing linebacker Pernell McPhee. Uh, obviously, running backs Justin Hill, uh, Gus Edwards, J.K. Scott have been out for basically the whole year. I don't. To me, that's Dobbins. Who did I say? J.K. Scott. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Dobbins. He's been hey, out I'm... all year, too, but for a different reason. <laughs> So they, they've been out all year. Uh, I don't think that you could at all point to that as the reason for them going five and one to start the year. And then uh, what was it? Three and four after that, because they haven't played even in, in, since week one, even so. But across the board, very banged up team. Um, I don't know that. Uh, well, I was going to talk about COVID, but it's 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 everything is so much in the up in the air right now. I, I think that what we need to do is give you the best picture we can of who the Ravens are. And then you just go into the game with the understanding that things could change because of COVID. That's just where it is. That's the way it is everywhere in the country right now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tyler Huntley, um, like I said, has been playing at basically the same level that Lamar has for the whole year, including he's a better runner than passer. And last week he had a 74 uh, rushing grade. This is a guy who has in the last, let's see, week 11 was, was his full start. He had uh, zero touchdowns and one interception, but last week he came in for a bit um, after Lamar got hurt. He did have a touchdown, no interceptions after that. He had a 99 passer rating, which is not great. Um, rushing, he only had uh, 40 yards um, on seven attempts. Uh, not not terrible, but he had a fumble in there as well. That That's a, obviously a big issue. He has fumbled think, three times this year in 16 carries. Now, part of that could be sacks, but yeah, he, he has a little trouble holding on to the football. That's right. I was actually looking at the wrong week when I said he had one fumble. He had two last week, and uh, both those were lost. Obviously, this is a week where you wish that you had uh, Kenny Clark to put some extra pressure on him. The Ravens offensive line struggles at the tackle positions, and then their interior is quite good. So if Kingsley Kiki is able to get home in the middle, uh, just count it as a blessing because these are some really good interior um, offensive linemen. The tackles definitely are an issue. You got uh, Villanueva, who I believe was a backup for the Steelers for a long time. The right tackle is Tyre Phillips, and he is quite bad, uh, but particularly as a run blocker, which is an issue because of how much they like to run the football. Our defensive line has to play up to standard and, um, the one thing they have going for him as a positive is that Mark Andrews absolutely phenomenal season, um, as, as he often does have bring him in to help out, uh, assisting with those, uh, tackles. 
as a pass blocker, he is really good as a run blocker. He's fantastic. So um, definitely a guy that they're going to probably be leaning on. No question. No question. And, you know, they'll use him to help out blocking. But then the other thing is up until this year and maybe even a little bit earlier this year, Packers do have some issues covering tight ends. Now, Devondre Campbell has solved that problem to a large extent, but that's going to be an interesting matchup as well. Uh, here, here's my biggest concern for this game, by the way. You know, we didn't do our opening arguments, and uh, I don't think we're going to get to those this week, but the number one concern that I have is that the Ravens have the best special teams unit <laughs> in the league, and I don't need to tell you why that's a concern, uh, but I will tell you that that concern's name rhymes with uh, Faux Freighton. So... <laughs> Do you know, I, I, I did an article this week on the special teams, and according to Sports Illustrated, the Packers rank 30th out of 32 teams, and so many people on Facebook and, and in comments, they said, who are the two teams that are worse? I mean, I, I, I guess Bohorquez's punting really does get us out of dead last, but other than that, yeah, special teams are a frightening matchup in this game and and you you again you know you say what you want about Baltimore they're slumping lately but they are still a playoff caliber team and when you're on the road against a playoff caliber team special teams can make or break the final score in these kind of games yeah I have uh the specific numbers on what it is that makes the Green Bay Packers rank higher on special teams and you are not going to believe this. It's it's just another um, measurement of how stupid uh, special teams stats and rankings are. Op- uh, opposing field goals allowed <laughs> and opposing field goals missed. They are number one in the league. If that is a special teams stat, I don't know what to tell you. That's that's not a special team stat. Yeah. Opposing opposing field goals allowed. That's on the offense for, you know, uh, not not uh, or, or I should say it's on the defense. You know, it's the offense and defense combined um, putting opposing offenses in a position where they are taking field goals. That's nothing to do with special teams. Um, the other thing that they are quite good at. Um, they've been good at extra points this year. I know that it doesn't feel like they have been because of all the missed kicks, but most of those kicks have been field goals, not extra points. Right. So they rank seventh in uh, extra points. We've only um, missed one, I think, officially. The, I'll, I'll trust you on that. The other thing is uh, the punting has been good. But again, this is this is um, so punting net average. Now, I think if you're going to use that as a stat for special teams as a whole, that's a fine stat to use. I think it's a terrible stat to use when you're trying to analyze how good a punter is because net yards is so number one, it's so situational because if you're at the uh, 50 yard line, you don't want to boom it for 70 yards. And then number two, it factors in how many yards a punt was returned, which is on the coverage, not on the punter. Well, so, it's a little bit on the punter as far as hang time, directional punting. Can uh, be, can be, but look, look at the game last week. Bajorquez puts the ball on like the, the three yard line. It gets returned for a touchdown. If that's Bajorquez's fault. He, he outkicked the coverage. I mean, 
But there were oh come on, there were guys all around him. There were guys all around that that dude yes. had hands on him and he shook him. Yes. That is not Bajorquez's fault, right there. No, it wasn't Bajorquez's fault. I was playing a little devil's advocate there, <laughs> but yes, I mean, it, you know what? It, it's one of those things where the people who monitor stats like that they they sort of figure that will average out where you're punting from, and because in theory, if you nail a punt inside the twenty or inside the ten, that is a different skill that a punter needs to have. So, right. I mean, a punter is not completely in control of their net, but they do influence it a lot. And you would figure over the course of a 17 game season that some of that field position stuff and bad bounces and long returns would average itself out. Now, if you look at the, so this is a, uh, we had a listener question from Eric who wanted to know if we should be concerned about the defense in recent weeks. And I think that, I think that there is an argument to be had looking at some of the Packers recent games, you know, they gave up, um, I'm not going to touch on the bears game yet, but they gave up 28 points to the Rams 34 to the Vikings. Um, those two concern me. I think you look at the Vikings game in particular, that was a total defensive collapse. We talked about that in the pod. 28 points to the Rams. I don't love just because they weren't putting up those kinds of numbers on other teams at the time. Giving up 30 points to the Bears, I, I think we all felt frustrated watching the defense in the first half. But you also have to take into consideration the number of times that the Bears offense was put in a really good uh, field position by um, by the special, special teams. teams. <laughs> you had shank punts. You had massive punt returns. There were a couple of drives that I think were solidly on the defense where you let uh, you let the Bears drive down the field like 70 yards and score in in pretty uh, short amount of time as well. That was concerning to me. Also, the fact that they were not able to play any kind of contain on fields and he was constantly able to keep scrambling. That is something you have to clean up the next time you face him. And if we do play against Lamar, that's going to be an issue. Aside from that, I was mostly OK with how the defense played. And I, I thought that although the points on the board didn't look great, I think the actual play was a bit better than what you had seen in the previous two games from Packers. Yeah, I agree. And you look, seven of those points were on the the return, the 97-yard yep. punt return. You yep. take that away from the defense. You had one drive that started on the 40 because we kicked a kickoff out of bounds. You had two 40-plus-yard kick returns. In addition to that, uh, we didn't help our own cause uh, as far as the defense goes. The concern that I have, based on the one thing that the last three games have in common is that the Packers, which is something they hadn't done almost all year, is give up splash plays. You had yeah. Justin Jefferson torching the Packers in the Vikings game. You had oh, OBJ no. and, and uh, Van Jefferson in the Rams game. And then you had the two long passes by Justin Fields in the Bears game. And, you know, unfortunately, and I like the guy, but Henry Black is got torched on two of those long passes. In fact, what the Bears did was a mirror image of what the Vikings had done two weeks earlier, lining up 
a receiver in the backfield, matching him up against Henry Black and exploiting that mismatch. So hopefully the defense will make adjustments to that and clamp down on it. But strategically, I'm not, I'm not overly worried. You know, you look at the numbers, 34 points, 28 points, 30 points, but I'm not as concerned because of some of the reasons that we got set up in those situations. I don't think the defense played that. I mean, they only gave up. If you look at it, uh, the, the, the total net yards were 347 uh, against Chicago, 353 against the Rams. And with the Rams, a lot of those points came in garbage time after the Packers were well up in that game. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Let's take a look at the Ravens defense because they definitely have a reputation from several years past of having a crazy good defense. And I think that similar, similar situation to the bears whose defense has also kind of fallen apart. Their defensive line is still good. Although that largely is a result of Calais Campbell. And then their two outside linebackers, you got Justin Houston and Tyus Bowser. Those three guys are great. Uh, they're very, very good at stopping the run, less good at rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two guys along the defensive line, Brandon Williams is horrible. And you also got Justin Matabuike, who is just below average. Those two guys you can um, pick on a little bit. And the good news is that they are going to be lined up mostly against Lucas Patrick and Royce Newman. Um, who, by the way, just got to give a shout out to Royce Newman. He still has been playing like one of the best players on the team in recent he's, weeks. Love he's to been see it. better. He has been better. And that's, a, and that's a plus. And you know, the, the, the Ravens, as you said, they're, they're number one in yards allowed per game against, uh, against the run. Uh, but their pass defense is vulnerable. And I want to point out, you know, we're going to be facing, a player that a lot of people wanted the Packers to draft a couple of years ago, Patrick Queen, oh, yeah. and he has struggled a lot. He's doing a little oh, better this cool. year, but he has struggled at inside linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, last year he was the second worst linebacker in all of foot in the all all the NFL in 2020. This year he is 65th out of 83 uh, inside linebackers. The only thing he's good at is rushing the passer. He's terrible in coverage. That's the thing he's worst at. Very bad in run defense. Um, But if you bring him on a blitz, you know, he's above average. So woohoo. Love to see those first round picks panning out that well. Another guy, by the way, that uh, people wanted the Packers to take is Devin DuVernay. Right. Who um, he's been playing certainly better than um, than Patrick Queen. But he has, still has not had a really great year, has not been a massive contributor on special teams. Uh, I'm sorry, on, on the offense. Uh, but keeping on the defense, the obviously the number one biggest issue that they have is their whole secondary stinks. There is not one of their starting corners or starting safeties who even grades out as average in coverage. Well, they're banged uh, up there. These are not their preferred starters. But it, but it's who their starters are, and that's right. who we're going to be playing. Right. The, I, I, I'm not worried about hurting the Ravens' feelings by talking <laughs> about who should be out there. It's like, you know, if someone uh, makes a comment about our secondary, we can't be like, well, J- Jair isn't out there yet. Yeah, well, Jair's not out there yet, so he's he's not who's our starter. Right, right. 
Um, I don't think any of those guys in the secondary are even worth talking about. They all four of them stink. All four of them are good at nothing except for uh, pass rush. You can bring them on a blitz and they're pretty decent. All of them. So if the uh, if the Ravens are blitzing, that could be an issue. Uh, one guy, Chris Westry, has a decent run defense grade. He is their uh, well, he's trying to say if you should call it left or right. He's uh, he's right lined side. up against your your left wide receiver. Right, um, right. So he plays the right side of the defense. And I, I have yeah. two words to say about this game that should be huge for the Green Bay Packers. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is going to feast. If he doesn't, then something's wrong. Exactly. The, uh, exactly. One more guy I got to bring bring up. Uh, this is kind of your TJ Slayton, your uh, rotational uh, defensive line guy. But uh, Odafe Owe uh, used to go by Jason Owe in the when he was getting drafted. But Odafe Owe playing really really good football. Um, he is uh, he's he's good enough to be a number one for a lot of teams in the league. He's the thirty sixth best uh, edge rusher. His pass rush leaves a little bit to be desired, but uh, really good run defender. And actually, the weird thing is he has an 89 overall or an 89 coverage grade. Not something that you usually see from a guy playing left outside linebacker. But no, uh, no, you got that for what it's worth. Overall, do you think this is going to be a high scoring game or a low scoring game? Uh, you know what? I think it's going to be a little bit lower than normal. And the only reason I say that is because Baltimore is going to run the football. That's going to take time off the clock. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, the Packers aren't going to have a lot of possessions, even if they'll get the job done and still put up a decent amount of points. Mm, That's a really good point. So there might be fewer opportunities to correct mistakes early on in the day. If they don't come out playing well in the beginning, you might not have enough opportunities to make a comeback just because of how much the Ravens like to run the ball. It's a good point. Um, overall, the Ravens, I think right now are not a team to be overly fearful of because they have just been playing pretty bad football. They got blown out by the dolphins a few weeks ago. Um, their recent games. Here we go. Okay. So, they put up 16 points against the Browns, 16 points against the Bears, 10 points against the uh, Dolphins. Um, actually, I missed. They put up 19 points against the Steelers. Their most recent game, they put up 22 points against the Browns and lost. If 22 points is the best that you can do in five weeks, I have a lot of concerns about your offense. And I don't think that's going to get it done against Aaron Rodgers. It just, it's not good enough. So your pick is. Oh, I mean, is there even any question? Obviously I'm taking the Packers to win this one, but your numbers are your, your prediction is my score prediction. Yes. I think the Ravens are going to have a really hard time getting to 20 points. I think uh, 17 points sounds about right for the Ravens. And I think the Packers are going to hit 30. 30 to 17 is my score prediction for this week. All right. I go with 27-20 Packers. So we're, again, not that far off in our uh, in our predictions. But uh, 
you know, there's some points to be made this week. I'm going to hold on to this league. You watch. I'm, this, this, you, 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 you're just you're in the rearview mirror now. You know, I mean, that's it. Yeah, by three whole points. Here, here's my <laughs> here are my massive concerns. Uh, my my fear factors for this game. Mark Andrews, uh, the second best tight end in football this year, uh, been playing really really well. He's on a hot streak. He is a dude who, if you let him get out uh, into space, he could hurt you in the passing game a lot. And when we played against the Chiefs, we had nobody covering Travis Kelsey and just basically counted on Mahomes not throwing to him. And he really didn't throw to him. Right. Uh, But Kelsey was open like all game long. That can't happen against Mark Andrews. We got to have an answer for it. Um I mean, Devondre Campbell makes the most sense. Chris Barnes has been playing better football than Devondre Campbell the last like seven, eight weeks of the year, if you can believe it. Um, But either way, you got to lock down Mark Andrews. Um, My other massive fear factor here is the defensive line for the Ravens. They could make life hell for the running game. Um, Our offensive line has been keeping Aaron Rodgers clean. And for that, I am very, very thankful they cannot run block to save their lives. It's a problem. And you're going up against a D line whose specialty is run defense. So I think just trying to predict this, I think the only way that Aaron Jones is going to have any success in this game is in the receiving game. Uh, maybe do some screens with him, have him run some crossing routes, pick on those linebackers who are pretty bad. That's probably your best bet with Aaron Jones. And you're going to have to just count on AJ dealing, uh, getting yards after contact because this defensive line is legit when it comes to run defense. They are, they, they most certainly are, but they cannot abandon the running game or in the alternative, you know, little screen passes, little, those little quick passes that you do, you know, two steps, bang, it's off to Devante or bang, it's yep. off to Lazard or the big dog, get, get those guys involved. But even if you're doing the classic West coast short passes instead of runs, that's fine, but do not abandon the concept of running the ball because when the Packers just go deep and go pass happy, that's when the offense sputters. Yeah. You can still mix it up and keep it uh, creative just by mixing up different kinds of passes. And I would include the screen game in there as well um and you know you still you do still have to run the ball you can't ignore entirely just because it's not working you still need to run the ball um to set up a good uh play action game doesn't matter if you're having success running the ball just running the ball in general is what feeds the play action game uh hey you know what we gotta give a shout out to patrick ricard for the ravens he is the number one best fullback in the NFL out of seven fullbacks. So, you know, just got to give him a little bit of credit for that. Doesn't he's uh, got a little bit of above average run grade. I miss full well below receiving grade. That's uh, he's the out of all third uh, fullbacks who have caught a pass this year. He is the third best out of three. So, you know, got to pump those receiving numbers up a bit, Patrick, (laughs) but kudos to you on your running grade. Uh, I, I do miss the fullbacks. I've really enjoyed, um, Deguara lineup at fullback the last couple weeks. Yes, that has been fun. Yes. Woo, man, it's it's been um it's been a long time coming, but I've, I he is 
I think we're getting our, our money's worth out of him right now for the draft capital we put into him and all the time that we've um, had to pay him while he's been sitting on IR. It's nice to see that his development does not seem to have been hampered in the way that Jay Sternberger's was. Yeah. And, and that's a good thing. And, you know, he's overcome the injuries and, you know, in the absence of Tunyon, he's worked himself into the lineup. You always knew Matt LaFleur was excited about this kid. And now we're starting to see the reasons why. Hey, um, pop quiz here. And uh, don't feel bad if you don't know the answer, because I think most people who don't watch the Ravens don't know. And we're, we're recording this episode a little bit earlier in the week. So you have not done your write up on all the players yet. Who is the Ravens lead running back right now? Ha, who is their lead running back right now? It's Devontae Freeman. <laughs> he's still in the league, if you can believe it. He's, no, I believe he's playing, it. He's playing okay. He's playing okay. Not having a great year, but he's he's playing okay. All right. <clears throat> but with, with the bevy of running backs they've gone through this season, I, I wondered if you knew off the top of your head who the most recent guy is, and I'm not surprised you couldn't get it because I wouldn't have got it off the top of my head either. Yeah, no, it's uh, not always uh, that easy to get. So, yeah. Any final thoughts or uh, matchups that you're concerned about other than, you know, number one special teams versus number 32 special teams? Yeah, I, I don't want the Packers to get away from the running game too quickly. And I'm concerned running quarterbacks always give me a concern. We saw what Justin Fields did scrambling last week. Again, a lot of it after the game was more or less decided. But, you know, whether it's Jackson uh, going and how healthy he may or may not be, I understand that. But Huntley can run as well. And running quarterbacks frustrate me and have frustrated the Packers a lot in recent years. And that's always a concern. Um, here's a special teams note for me. I, I said earlier, I think the Ravens are going to have a hard time cracking 20 points. I just met on offense. I think if they get over 20 points, um, come, come back next week and, and laugh at me if this is uh, not true, but if they get over 20 points, I think that it came from points given up by special teams. That's very possible. That that is very possible. In fact, uh, it may even be likely. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, last thing before we wrap up, we got to look at turnovers because the Ravens are kind of a turnover machine. The Packers are number two in the league behind the Colts in turnover differential. They have twenty-two takeaways to just ten giveaways that came in five interceptions and five fumbles. The Ravens, they have a negative nine differential. They have just 11 takeaways and 20 giveaways. So basically the reverse of where the Packers are at. Interesting thing is that turnovers don't tend to correlate for the Ravens between winning and losing uh, the way it, it really does for the Packers. But it is nice that you can pretty much count on uh, getting getting the Ravens to cough up the ball, I would say probably twice in this game. If it's, if it's less than two times, I'll be a little bit uh, disappointed with just the number of uh, average uh, giveaways they have per week. I think two or more is what we should expect out of the Packers uh, defense this year or this week. And um, I'm, I'm saying zero turnovers for the Packers, unless they are not protecting the wall ball well on their run plays. Uh, mm. that, that's the one thing. Maybe the defensive line can get um, 
get one of our guys to cough the ball up if they are not uh, protecting the rock like they should. But that's that's uh, my Packers Ravens analysis for you this week. No, I think it's solid. And, you know, this is going to be a different kind of a game. This is this is a unique offense and the Packers have to be ready. It'll be interesting to see what Joe Barry does, especially without Kenny Clark. I really don't like not having Kenny Clark for this game in particular. Yeah, no, no question. And and maybe that is uh, the deciding factor. If the game ever does get out of hand for the Packers from a defensive standpoint, it's probably going to come on the on the ground, probably not through the air. You're probably looking at uh, Lamar gashing you on the ground, which admittedly he has not been doing very well this year. But that doesn't mean he can't randomly go off this week when we are down our best uh, defensive linemen. Maybe you're looking at the running backs getting going because uh, this is one of the better rushing teams in football. Mm-hmm. If it gets out of hand, I think that's the formula. And I think that again, because there's going to be so much running and so much uh, time of possession in the Ravens favor here, you maybe just don't have enough opportunities in the game to get back on top. If you happen to fall behind early. So uh, to me, a strong start is, a strong, fast start is, Absolutely essential. I remember what those are like, but it's been a while. All right. Don't forget to send in your score predictions for this week, man. I really love hearing from our listeners. I uh, would love to hear from more of you. It's just fun to, to hear from folks uh, who enjoy the show. And I'm, I'm guessing that somebody is going to get the score prediction uh, basically exactly. And then we're going to have to have the question of, uh, man, do we, replace Gil or me with uh, this <laughs> listener who's better at this than we are. <laughs> Alrighty, that does it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can also email us at askmohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not